0: Welcome back to the fearless fostering podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I am so excited to have my good friend, Becky Dozeman joining me today. Thank you for being here, Becky. I could not be more excited. Okay. So can you just tell everyone a little bit about your story? And I know you've worked a lot with youth and foster care before. And so we're excited to pick your brain a bit.
1: Awesome. Yes. I am just really grateful to be here. The community of fostering moms, I have always said are like superheroes that have a superpower that even regular mamas, sorry, regular mamas, you're awesome. But you foster mamas, there is just something in your hearts that just um, inspires me. I have had the privilege of working as a helping professional for almost two decades and began my career um, working in foster care as a caseworker. So, I started working with unaccompanied minors and refugees in that foster care capacity, and then became a therapist within that system, really focusing on foster care pre and post-adoptive, and how to really help families understand the impact of trauma mm-hmm. and how that impacts attachment. And sort of really, my heart was to love on foster moms that they were able to show up for the hurt children that were coming into their home. And so, yeah, I had the pleasure of doing that and just feel yeah feel really grateful.
0: Thank you. That is such important work. What made you have that kind of feeling like you wanted to support those foster moms?
1: Yeah. So I have, I always knew that working with women was on my heart. Um, I be decided I wanted to be a therapist back when I was in high school and a social worker therapist changed my life. And so as I began my career, I really just was drawn to moms and hearing their stories. I mean, you dad, dads are great, but like moms, they're just the heart of all the things. And as they were sitting in, in the office with me and sharing their stories, it was the foster moms who it was that they felt such a strong calling to do what was needed for these kids but felt at times a disconnect to know really what was it that they needed. And they learned that just loving them well wasn't going to happen. And so I just felt that if I poured into them the education and support that they were going to be able to show up. And as I did that, and as they were learning these things, I realized, wow, this is like the best time spent. If I can love on these moms and help support them through their journey, these children are going to have the best chances of being able to hit the developmental milestones. So it really just became, um, it was unintentional kind of gift given to me. And I mean, you're you're a fostering mama. It's, it's just, there's something about your heart's <laughs> And again, all moms, you're great. There's just (laughs) something about your hearts that I just felt, if I wasn't called to foster and I was in the system, how can I serve this system? And hanging out with moms was my absolute favorite. And the way in which they gave it selflessly was um, also something that triggered for me a focus on helping them pause and invest in their self nurturing because they were also had the tendency to overgive and overserve, And so I really was able to journey with them through that. And I felt it was really, really important. So it wasn't a choice. It was just kind of one of those things where God was like, Hey Beck, this is, this is where you need to be. Mm,
0: I love that. That always like, that's the best way it happens is when you're just, you just get put where you need to be. That's so good. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. What was like, a way that you really decided, okay, here's a way that I can support these foster moms. What did you do for them? What did you share with them? That was really so helpful in helping them be able to keep on going.
1: Yeah. And you said we have like 20 minutes, so I'm going to do my best. <laughs> do best.
0: You um, speak your truth.
1: <laughs> yeah. I could go a lot of different directions with this, but I think one of the most important parts was that I helped them realize it wasn't up to them. They had so much on their shoulders that it was as though they were going to be able to control the outcome of what was going to happen with school, with an IEP, with the caseworker or the 10th caseworker they had on the case, the licensor, the pre-adoptive, the judge. They felt like maybe if they could control all of those things, this child was going to be okay. So I think part of the most the first thing I started with them was just what's within your control and what is not within your control. And let's release all of those things and then inevitably when the broken system showed up in their life, how they could respond less emotionally to that or take care of themselves. So it really started there and helping them decrease their level of responsibility and pressure they were putting on themselves. So that was probably one of the first important pieces. And then just really helping them understand that the hurt and the trauma the genetic predisposition of the children in their home and all the unknowns were not something that they could fix overnight and that they might not be able to fix in a lifetime, but that that wasn't their job. And so I think helping them to understand what they could effectively do, where their energies would be best placed. And so, yeah, I would connect with them books, resources, self-care plans, which I know is like, is your jam. You know, what are you going to do for yourself this week? And they look at me and be like, I don't have time for that. And then Becky would go with Becky and just say, well, then we have a problem then the next four sessions are gonna be you and me working on that. And so, yeah, that was a big piece of it, carving out how they were going to be able to show up for the children in their home by showing up for themselves. Yeah, and I think, honestly, Kathleen, just having someone that could say, I'm here for you, Um, I'm not going to make you, um, I'm not going to make you fill out 25 million pages of paperwork for licensing. And I'm not going to judge you. And I'm not going to tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing. I'm just going to be here. And I'm going to let you say what you need to say. And I'm going to let you show up. Even if sometimes it's saying things that are hard, I'll give you permission to say, I don't like my foster child right now. I don't like this. This is hard. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, yeah, like let's talk about that because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes foster moms feel as though if they
0: talk about the hard part of it it's somehow meaning they don't love what they're doing or care about their kids i totally One hundred percent. That resonates. I literally have had like we have you know my son right now is two and a half, and I'm like he is the love and delight of my life, and he is the bane of my existence sometimes because he's a two and a half year old boy. And I remember saying sometimes like to some of my friends off the record, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like bad. Like I can't say like I'm having a hard day with him because we like cried and prayed so much to be able to adopt him. But I just love how you bring that you know that sense of that reminder that it's okay to feel what you're feeling, and you need to express it. And I think that you're right is something that most women and definitely foster moms that I've come in contact with, including myself, sometimes have had a hard time with doing.
1: Yeah. And I think that well meaning people in the inner circle of foster families say things that can be really hurtful that they don't intend to be. And I've had foster moms share with me, well, if I talk about the hard stuff with my inner circle, they will say things like, well you decided to do this. You remember you did the training, like, didn't you know? And it's just, and that kind of, that kind of, it just creates that they feel like, is there a trusting space where I can truly talk about how hard this is, but how all in it I am. And that permission is not granted in a lot of places because I have found that people that choose not to foster, which is fine. Don't foster. If you're not called to it, like, you know, this it's like, you need to be a warrior mama (laughs) um, in all the ways. But they felt like if they showed up and chose to do this, they had to not share any of the sharp edges about it because if they did, the judgment they would get from others was pretty intense. And and that I think is is something that needs some work because the need for foster parents, and again, foster dads, you're incredible. You're doing the things, but we're talking about the mamas. So mm-hmm. I think there needs to be just more awareness and understanding in general because the need for foster care is not going away. Mm-hmm we're going to need more families and we're going to need more. And, and even if you aren't called to foster, how can, like, could you provide respite? Could you say, Hey, I'm bringing dinner over. I'm going to give you guys a gift card for you two to go out for dinner. And I'm going to take care of your littles or take care of your bios or take care of, you know, if the, whatever, I think that there are people out there. So that's what I'm going to talk about. That's why I'm going with this. So if you are not a foster mama and you're listening to this, you can be part of this without being in the system. You can pray, you can bring a meal. You can say, Hey, do you, who needs new socks? Like who needs whatever, <laughs> because all you foster moms know that your stipend doesn't cover all the things. Like, could we get you a gift card to somewhere? Like, what can we do to bless you? So I think that was the other, that's I love watching my brain go. So that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like fostering is not just licensed families it's the whole community. So if you're listening to this and you're not in the system of fostering and you love a foster family, like pray and think about what it is you can do to serve because it needs to happen.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't remember what your question even was. So I'm fine with that because I literally, it's just, it is so, it really does take a village to raise any child, but really in foster care, it's like, you can just feel so, you know, I mean, people just think, I don't know. I guess people kind of maybe forget sometimes that like, it's not the same as (laughs) raising just a, a biological child, even though both are hard, there's definitely different hard things. And I remember hearing one time there was a foster mom who said someone had printed out a picture of her and her family and had it over their kitchen sink, just as a reminder to like pray for them every day. And I was like, Oh, like if I knew someone just had a picture of my family or my kids over their kitchen sink, just praying for us, like that would just be just knowing that is a huge blessing, you know? Okay. So then let's do
1: that. If you're listening to this and you're not a foster family, then you find one, you put their picture up and you pray for them. Or if you're a foster family, you print out a picture or you, you know, who prints pictures? I know, you, right? You text it to your circle and you say, could you pray for us? Cause we're needing it. Let's start a revolution of Ooh. prayer warriors for foster families. Let's do it.
0: I am in for that. Yes. Okay. I love it so much. That's so good. So, okay. You are just such a blessing. And I know that you have you're transitioned out of working, you know, in foster care realm. And now you're a therapist. Tell me what you're doing these days.
1: Yeah. So I've spent, when I, okay. I'm going to round down like 18 years. Like two decades makes me sound like I'm 500. Sorry. <laughs> you're um, not 500. So- yeah. So yeah, I tra- I was working in the system for about five years, um, and then continued to work in the as a therapist in that capacity. And over the course of my career, I have learned that for women, whether fostering or not, that the mental and emotional, and I add the spiritual piece for women that want that, is so essential. And I love being in the mental health world. But I also went through my own journey of some adrenal fatigue and chronic fatigue and some severe um, losses in my life that led to less than ideal coping and had to really figure out how to heal myself from the inside out. So I've been doing that pretty intentionally the last six years and added on some work with nutrition and fitness and wellness and all the things. And this past year, and I always, I talk about it as like, remember the time in March of 2020 when the world broke? Yes. Anybody you remember that? Anybody <laughs> anyone who's listening you did because if you're listening you survived it so you survived when the world broke so give yourself a pat on the back you're still Mm -hmm. here fighting so during that when I was doing the virtual school with my kids and doing virtual sessions with clients and all
0: of the things it didn't bring out the best in Becky (laughs) it was not the best how about you (laughs) how was that (laughs) no I'm I'm like oh really because I was just doing the best (laughs) living my best life no it was the hardest ever yeah Right. Right. And I'm going to, I don't believe in
1: comparative misery. So don't think I'm comparing anyone's hard. We all have hard. Don't compare it. It's a waste of your time, but I also turned 40 last year. And so it was just a big year in my life and in my soul. And in the fall, I was not thriving. Let's just say Becky spent a lot of time on her knees saying, dear Lord, what do you want me to do? I know you're, you're calling me to help in this world. Like I have the training and the heart, but I'm not thriving. Let's figure this out. And so long story short, he really put it on my heart, a clear mission to take my mental and emotional health training. And marry it to the importance of, and here's the thing, like I like self-love, but I actually think our culture has taken it in a direction I don't love. So I'm a big self-love equal self-nurturing and Mm self-compassion. So I took my training and my heart for women and the importance of like, if you're putting junk in your body, it's just not going to work. And if you're not moving it, even if it's a walk once a week, it's just not going to work. And so I spent 2020 hearing all the stories, all the gaps, all the pain that women had. And I was experiencing and said, okay, God, here's what I know helps me thrive and women thrive. And so I spent December creating sort of a program in which I believed were essential elements to thriving and launched a business in January, which, you know, had no idea what was going to happen, but just, yeah, I had 200 women. I was able to bless in a virtual retreat, helping them to thrive, learn how to do life well, and then have launched a coaching program from that where women can work with me. And it's really neat because I feel as though that's where our world's going. I, I think that women are just realizing that pouring out and being a martyr and saying yes to everything is not going to get us where we need to go. And so, yeah, I have a community called the thrive collective and yeah, I, I similar things to you. I put out resources, PDFs, trainings. Um, I have a monthly membership where women can get ask, access to what I teach. And then I have an inner circle of women that do one-on-ones and it's just, you know, Kevin, it's one of those things where I don't know where the world's headed, but I know that it includes women nurturing themselves it includes community, even if we have to wear masks or be on a <laughs> computer screen, and it includes more self-compassion. And so I'm on a mission for being a part of whatever this is supposed to be for as long as it needs to be. So that that's what I'm doing. And I feel really grateful for the platform and for even though the dark, hard brokenness I've been through to get here, I'm grateful for it because mm-hmm. I think it's our scars and our sharp edges and the hard stuff that make the, the moments and the seasons of thriving, like, okay, like we've gotten here, we survived it. Okay. I'm done. No, I
0: love that so much. I also love the name thrive collective. Like that is just beautiful. Like just what a picture of how we would want life to be and how life should be is thriving. You know, like that's exactly, exactly the type of support that I'm sure that women are getting from you is just to be able to go from kind of like that survival mode to that thriving mode. So that's just, you're so gifted at that. I love it.
1: Well, I, I feel just so grateful for it. And I, and I honestly, today I, w- I do on Thursday, have Thrived, I have my Thrive Dive call with my clients and I said to them, I go, I forget that this is a job. Like I get to hang out with these incredible women sharing their hearts and being vulnerable. And we did this really cool thing today. Actually, I love giving resources. So we'll post this on our Instagrams, but there is a lovely self-compassion test you can take. It's by Dr. Kristen Knapp, who is the leading oh, researcher yes. in the world. You know, Kristen, who doesn't it okay. Yes. So they have a, there's a beautiful self-compassion test and I would really challenge any of you to take it. So we'll put it on our Instagram and our link trees. We'll get it to you guys, but it's essentially a way of looking where your self-compassion, self-kindness and self-judgment are resonating. And so I had all the women in my free retreat in January do this. Right. And so then the girls that followed me into the program, I had them redo it today. And Kathleen, they've been working in this program for six weeks and some of them changed so much in increasing self-kindness. And decreasing isolation and self judgment, it was it it blew my mind. And I just think six weeks of these women, and then we just made a list of the ways they've changed. It's just so beautiful that they Mm -hmm. all thought it wasn't possible, and all they're doing is being nicer to themselves.
0: That's that's so good. That's where it starts, right? Like that's where it all starts. Like self love, self care. It's like get rid of those negative thoughts on repeat that are making us feel guilty and shame and just not love ourselves. I think that's exactly it. Yeah.
1: And then we get get back to this whole mothering thing, whether you're a foster mama or whatever kind of mama you are, it's just getting back to that place of what are we teaching our littles? Like we Mm -hmm. need to model for them how to talk compassionately to ourselves. And if we aren't taking care of ourselves, I am sorry, but those littles are not going to thrive. And so when a mom says to me, well, I can't so-and-so is this, 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 and 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 this. And I'm like, Oh, so who makes their world go around? Well, besides Jesus, but who makes the logistics (laughs) go around? (laughs) Me. Oh, really? How you doing? I'm a hot mess. I'm Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. And so sort of the foundation of the work that I think needs to happen and that I'm doing is abandoning overwhelm as a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. When did we sign up for that girlfriend? When did we do that? I don't remember signing up for it.
0: No, no, thank you. And it's just not a place where we can even survive. Like we can stay in that Headed towards burnout overwhelm mode for only so long before our bodies are like, no, thank you. Bye. I'm done here. And we get those like health consequences and just everyone around us is miserable and we're miserable. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah absolutely. And when women say to me, you don't get it. And I say,
1: oh, would you like to see my doctor's diagnosis of adrenal fatigue?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I get it. It is hard stuff, but man. Yeah. When you can shift that self-compassion, it's powerful. So I'll be so excited for your listeners to take that test and see where they're at and to grow in that. And then, you know, the other piece you were asking, you know, you're asking me, how can, what what did I do with foster moms and moms in general? I also would really encourage anyone listening to abandon the lie that balance is possible. It's kind of a cool thing. Like I get it. Like it sounds really pretty. And like, what's so funny is like your fearless course. It's not fearless. It's fearing fearless (laughs) it's like it's not just like we have to have fear it keeps us alive but how do we have it in a way in which it doesn't over overwhelm us and that whole and so as you talk about that and women say well I just need more balance can't balance an imperfection and so I think the other piece that I've really been passionate about is helping women find more of like a rhythm for their season and some rhythms man it is beautiful and I'm not good with music so I don't know the difference between melody and harmony which someone can probably tell me (laughs) now same
0: yeah.
1: Right. I, I don't have it. either. <laughs> yeah. And I can't sing. Don't like, stand by me to church. But like looking at, hey, what if we find a rhythm? What if instead we say, hey, this sounds okay. And the next week it's going to be a hot mess, but that's okay mm-hmm. because balance is not ever going to happen in perfection. So, sisters, let's just try to find a rhythm. And when it breaks, take a nap, mm-hmm. go for a walk. Right. Love it. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah. Love it so much. Yes. No, I There. Shonda Rhimes. I think said like, I have amazing achievements in one area of my life. Chances are the other areas of my life look kind of shabby because there's just no way to do it all at the exact same time.
1: Exactly. And if you are, then you're hiding something. Exactly. So, no, let's Be real. Work on. <laughs> let's work on that. Yeah. And really, honestly, you know, what women need is more women saying, this is hard for me too, and uh, I have so it true. all
0: vulnerability folks that's where the good stuff is all day yes. long and the
1: courage um and my one of my other favorites this is from a really great book i don't have it in front of me out of an author uh in australia and it talks about how if you're feeling fear you're about to do something really brave Ooh, like, yes. The courage goes with fear and so women you're feeling fear awesome your courage is is just waiting to be invited in let's find it
0: Yes, ma'am. I love that so much. Okay, so how can people connect with you online and learn more about your programs and what you're offering?
1: Yeah, great. So you can hang out with me um, on Instagram at the Wholehearted Fit Mom. And in my bio, I have a link tree with some links to my thriving women's collective. And in there is where I offer a free retreat. And there's one coming up in a couple of weeks, March 22nd, which is virtual on Zoom. You come hang out. I teach you all the things that I believe women need to thrive. And I give stuff away. Like I love swag. So you're going to get stuff and you are going to grow and learn and you are going to be nurtured. And I cannot wait. So registration's in there. Um, I'm on Becky Dozeman on Facebook. Yeah, you can, you can find me and I'd love to chat and give you resources and support you.
0: Okay. Well, thank you. You're amazing. And I'm so thankful for you and the work that you're doing. And I'm so excited for more people in my community to be able to connect with you as well. So thank you. Yeah,
1: I feel the same. So grateful. Thanks for all that you do too.